We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings. Week 9 rankings break down each position if you want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings. Hit the description of the podcast or vidya and join the Pat Mayo Experience. DraftKings listeners like 2,500 spots this week. We had it down because there is a Masters Listeners League with 5,000 spots coming probably by the time that you see this. Already have Masters content out. You can hit that for the entire Masters schedule. If you don't know anything about golf, this is a perfect time to jump in because fantasy golf and betting on golf is actually better than betting on football and playing fantasy for football. It's very similar in the way that it's constructed. You have all week, you make your picks, and if there's ever a time to dip your toe into the madness, this year's Masters is probably it. Remember to smash the like button for the video and tell me your favorite lean on the Packers backfield. Let's just pretend Aaron Jones is out this week. Who do you think ends up playable in the Packers backfield this week? Because that's going to be a burning question we have until Thursday evening, and then it's not going to matter anymore because we'll know the result. Uh, either way, uh, check out the rankings in the description. They're malleable. They will be updated at the end of every day and before the Thursday night game, then again before the Sunday morning games. Uh, so everything that we say on the show could be changed by, I don't know, a positive COVID test, an injury midweek, new news. When you set this in on a Tuesday, you don't need to make your lineups on a Tuesday. Just remember that out there. Joining me on the line from theathletic.com, it's Jake Seeley. What's going on, my man? Ah, yeah, the, uh, you said that it's probably going to upset people. <laughs> I voted for Kodos today. That's who I voted for. <laughs> Go ahead. Out there, but Throw your yeah. vote away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's the real tell is this week is so for waivers. I'm glad, and I know we're going to go through all of them, but waivers, I I did what people asked for. Not until it wasn't like just so coming and gave them two lists of rankings, but I gave them two lists of waivers because I said, if Carson, if Taylor, if, if, if all these guys are hurt, this is the order I would pick up the running backs. If they're all playing, this is the order the running backs would be because there's so many ifs this week just at the running back position alone. To answer your question for me, if I put it in the comments, it would be Dexter Williams. I think he'll be the lead. Uh, I'm not super excited because I think he could actually let people down similar to Alexander Madison when he was replacing Cook. Do you think that Jones ends up playing? No. That The report today sounds like, that sounds like maybe a 5% chance. Uh, there was Ian Rappaport... They're pessimistic. I mean, if the team is pessimistic, you know, teams are usually most positive that they can be, especially if you're Pete Carroll. But uh, when the team's pessimistic, I don't think Aaron Jones is coming back this week. So no Aaron Jones, no Jamal Williams, no A.J. Dillon, which means it's Dexter Williams up from the practice squad. Tyler Irvin's the pass catching running back, who's also been banged up so far. So I do think it's Dexter Williams. Again, I wouldn't get overly excited about it because I don't think that Dexter Williams is like Jamal Williams, where he's an RB1, but that would be my pick. Uh, right now, I have Tyler Irvin in the rankings. So when we get to the running back rankings, I still have Aaron Jones in at the moment. It is worth noting, however, that the Packers medical staff, probably the most conservative in football, uh, they're always willing to keep people out an extra week or two just to make sure that they get right. We saw that earlier in the year with Devonta Adams 
Yeah, that's uh, it's good to tell if you're looking at different teams and different ways that they do everything. Um, I, I, I want to get to your rankings. Where's Alfred Morris? I'm just kidding. Oh, boy. <laughs> Old Alf, yo. That's that's what you should have asked is where are you ranking Alfred Morris this week? <laughs> uh, so in terms of the waiver, just before we hit off that, you can find my entire waiver wire column up on DK Playbook. It's linked in the description as well. Plus, if you go to FTNDaily.com, use code Mayo, you can get the full projections for the week. You can get the running back and wide receiver matchups. It's all up there. And if you're out of your season long, like, I don't know what you're watching the rankings for. But if you want to jump into betting or daily, FTNDaily.com is where you want to go. Check that out. Code Mayo, get yourself a discount or just check out all the free tools that are up there the air yards the defense the fantasy points per position it's all there just go test it out see if you like it or not if you want to get the premium stuff code mayo gets you that discount the rest of the waivers like would you i would pick up both i don't know ravens running backs if they were still out there i'd probably pick up damian harris before i picked up any of these packers guys because it's going to be a one-week thing if like right. it's it's a one-week thing basically at best you're not going to know which one it's going to be and they might not even be good anyway they might not be good anyway. I would say, look, if you only need the one-week play, I would actually... So where I threw him in, I threw in De- Dexter Williams as a one-week play ahead of Malcolm Brown, Damian Harris, and Cam Akers because it's a one-week play. Well, he has uh, and, and, one- and also that the Rams guys aren't playing, so that would make it a better play. Right, well, this... Yeah, right, but this is like long-term pickups as well because he's in front of the, yeah, the Rams guys. But And we also don't know because they're on a bye if Daryl Henderson's going to be playing next week when they're off their bye, but... I would go and you know, even for a one week play ahead of Gus Bus, uh, just because it's one week, he has RB1 upside. I don't think he'll necessarily hit it, but I would take that chance if you need that upside. If you're looking long term, I agree with you. If you're looking anywhere past this week at all, I would add all of those guys. I would even add Michael P. Ryan in front of him because it's only going to be one week. There is the scenario, too, where Tyler Irvin is expected to be the pass-catching back, presumably, uh, because that's the one thing that he does in this offense when he's ever on the field, that they might just say, hey, we're just going to play a zero-RB offense. We'll just have Irvin out there the entire time. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be surprising. The Giants did that a couple times last night. and so Actually, both teams did it a couple times. Tampa Bay did it a couple times, too. So, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It, even if they control this game, which is expected, uh, actually have the 49ers as the third worst matchup for running back. So it's not a great matchup. And then to what you're talking about here is even if they're in control, I mean, who's to say that Dexter gets even more than 12 carries? Agreed. Let's move in to the week nine running back rankings. So the way that I have it situated right now, and again, this will change presumably over the course of the week once we get some more in for injury information, but I still have Aaron Jones currently in the rankings at the moment. So we'll discuss, I mean, we just, just discussed the situation so we can discuss it a little bit farther too. I have Jonathan Taylor likely in, same as Aaron Jones, Christian McCaffrey, Chris Carson, Chris Thompson, Devonta Freeman. We'll see about that. Likely out, Tevin Coleman, Mark Ingram, Carlos Hyde, and Kenyon Drake. Uh, Drake could play, I suppose, but we'll see. Out, Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostart, Austin Eckler, A.J. Dillon, and Jamal Williams. On bye week, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, and the L.A. Rams. That leaves number one in the rankings, Dalvin Cook. And then immediately I'm going back to Christian McCaffrey at number two, Derrick Henry. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, I have Aaron Jones at number five if he ends up playing. James Conner, James Robinson, Chase Edmonds, Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson at the Buffalo Bills. Into the next ten, Gaskin, David Johnson, Antonio Gibson, Zeke Elliott against the Steelers. Ooh. David Montgomery, Todd Gurley, J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> Gus Edwards back-to-back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And Philip Lindsay at number twenty. Turns out Philip Lindsay's just way better than Melvin Gordon. I mean, I kind of said that during the preseason. Nobody wanted to listen to me. I will victory lap the hell out of that one. I yeah, I, I actually, I actually have a built-in victory lap for you a little bit later on because I know you love victory laps. But I actually have one that you haven't <laughs> brought up, so I was going to bring it up a little bit later on once we get there. Hey, I, I miss plenty of things too. You know what's interesting that at fourteen and fifteen, you you made that groan essentially uh, in your speech when you were talking about Ezekiel Elliott. So David Montgomery, number one, by the way, Ezekiel Elliott is have run the most routes according to Sports Radar. Number two. David Montgomery. Is there a running back that's doing less with more than David Montgomery? They're kind of like it, it's so sad that Zeke has become David Montgomery. <laughs> I well, that offense just destroyed him. And uh, to be honest with you. There was concerns like I think we talked about it on your show is that people at the beginning of the year, despite the touchdowns, despite that offense kind of helping them, people were talking about Zeke not being Zeke efficient on his touches. I don't think correct me if I'm wrong. I don't even think he had a hundred yard rushing game 
at all, even before Dak went down. So yeah, you look at that in the offense. Yeah, his high was 96 in week one and then 91 against the Giants in week five. So he doesn't even have a 100 rushing yard game. Uh, he was getting buoyed by the receiving game, which is good. That's what we wanted from Zeke. But now that the offensive line is falling apart, they're turning to Andy Dalton and Ben DiNucci. This team, the receive everybody. Zeke's the only one right now that you can even start. And where you have him as an RB2, I guess the Steelers, you could argue that's even too high. You can, but it's one of these weeks where there's a lot of unknowns that are right. going on. Like like Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I would still play Zeke over him, only because I have no idea what his role is in this offense at this point, despite having like the best matchup of the week. Right. I still think he's 60-40, and if you know the revenge game narrative did not work out well, it was 0 for 3 last week for everybody that was on board for that one, Le'Veon Bell being one of them. And the reason people were somewhat on Le'Veon Bell, you know, I say that tongue-in-cheek, is Andy Reid's proven in the past that he kind of buys into it for the players, like he tries to give them the chance to do so. If Le'Veon Bell didn't get top 20 opportunity and run and everything in that game against the Jets, I'm not so sure he's going to get it any week at this point. I think it's going to be more 60-40 than 80-20, 70-30, but I still think Edwards-Alaire, I would put him a little bit higher, but I understand the risk in it because whether they're up or whether they're down, they seem to just be set on we're going to use them when we want to use them. It might just be a passing game as they just had against the Jets. The Jets was a game where you would thought both of them could be top 25 running backs, and yet it was a pass-happy game. Yeah, and all of the touchdowns came from a distance, too. It's not like someone got tackled on the one-yard line. It's like, oh, here, Le'Veon Bell, here's your free touchdown. That situation just never materialized. The Jet, It's funny, for as bad as they got beat down, the Jets' defense actually played kind of good for a while. They were like... <laughs> forcing a lot of third and longs like Kansas City had to run a fake punt against the Jets it was just like the biggest fuck you situation in the world <laughs> the Jets honestly the Jets the past couple weeks are, 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 they're kind of like a boxer who doesn't have stamina like they make it until the second half playing somewhat decent defense and then they just they don't make it to the end of the game they just get destroyed in the second half so I think that yeah they, they played interesting they did the same thing as the Bills they had the lead against the Bills in that game and then it fell apart so it's 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 worth noting but I'm not really saying like oh my god the Jets defense is actually good are you okay with Chase Edmonds at number eight if Drake sits yeah, I think that until Drake comes back, Chase Edmonds is a top 10 running back. Uh, there are some concerns of the, I brought up Alexander Madison before, where maybe he steps in, that being Edmonds, and given a full workload, I'll give you the comparison throughout Drake is maybe Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, when he was on the Dolphins, everybody wanted more touches, more touches from Lamar Miller. He leaves, has the same production on about a 20% increase in touches. He was less efficient and producing the same amount of numbers because he's great in that 15, 16 touch range. There's a chance that could be the case with Edmonds, but you know, I'm down in the 12 to 15 touch range. So there is risk, but I think that what we've seen from Edmonds and in this matchup with so many backfields that are splitting touches, I think he has to be in the top 10 until we see him fail. And like, who do we think is going to take touches away from like Jonathan Ward? Eno Benjamin like I, I don't know it's, it's gonna be Kyler Murray taking away touches from him if it's anyone but it would I, be I, I do like Eno Benjamin okay go pick him up and play him then no no no, no. <laughs> talent, I'm, I'm marking that I'm, I'm, I'm marking that one down as one you can't victory lap <laughs> I wasn't saying pick him up or worry about touches for that I just think that Eno Benjamin will be sprinkled in some but I I don't see them not giving JSM is the chance to get 80 percent of the work hmm just looking at it right now. Let's see here. Got two targets in that game, one reception. For Ale the Alexander Madison Atlanta game. I, I think that was just oh, a weird okay. outlier. Like, if Dalvin Cook was ruled out again this week, I would have Madison inside my top 10. I don't think I would. I know it's a great matchup, but it just really comes down to we gave him a chance. We've done this before. But it was yeah, we gave Mike him, we Boone. Gave, yeah, we gave him a chance. Yeah, and what happened? The very next week, Mike Boone came back out and absolutely smashed. Like, it's just one game. No, like, wait, wait, wait. Guys had did, bad did games. Did he smash? Did he smash or did he just pull off of, of basically a DJ Dallas game? Wasn't it two touchdowns on, like, just poor work? It just happened to be two touchdowns? It was on poor yardage, but he got all the work. Right. Yeah, see, that's but, what I'm saying. But, but still, all we're trying was... to do here is project volume. Like, DJ Dallas last no, week was I'm a good play. And I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just talking about talent. I'm going down the talent road with this one. And that's why I said, I don't know if I would put Alexander Madison inside. Like where I was going to come back to Chase Edmonds is I would talent wise. I know you can say the Dolphins or whatever, but I would play Josh. I know some people might have this option. I would play Josh Jacobs over Chase Edmonds. I would play Chris Carson over Chase Edmonds. And I would probably stop there. But 
again, he's top 10. I would just trust the guys who I've seen, who have done it, who talent wise, if you gave me X versus Y, I would say are the better talents. I would still go with those two. I would take the better situation when I project to be more touches. And I can see that, especially in the receiving game for Chase Edmonds this week, especially over Josh Jacobs, who has kind of been devoid of any passing game work since week one. Uh, he's reverted back to what he was a year ago, a, a very good running back. But everyone got a bit too fired up after the week one against Carolina, where he still didn't crack 100 yards in that game. And then with Chris Carson, like it's that ranking is a bit of a hedge on the fact that he just probably isn't going to be 100%. Right. So that, and that's understandable. I just want to throw out that, you know, look, the safer four are the proven guys. The upside for what you're talking about is absolutely Chase Edmonds could finish as a top three running back upside. Someone asked me about trading James Robinson. Uh, if you do have uh, not necessarily start sick questions, because I mean, those aren't I'll answer every start sick question in the Friday show. So subscribe to Mayo Media Network on YouTube if you're watching this right now. I do the Friday evening injury report and we have a good sense of who's playing and who's not. And then I have a question and answer period in the comment section of that video. So for this one, I mean, that's just not going to happen. I, every, everyone else can like answer each other's questions in this one. But that's when I'm going to be actually answering them is on the Friday night show on the Monday waiver wire show. If you have a trade question or an ad drop question i will get to those uh on tuesday evening if i haven't answered them already so you can go back check out that one and leave your question in there if you do have a question uh, about what to do this week but there was one about james robinson about do i trade james robinson right now and i don't think that you should and it's not because i think that james robinson's like the greatest running back on earth i think he's a top 10 running back and we'll see what happens with luton uh, probably under center this week uh, and see how much that affects him and his overall productivity and chris thompson expected to be back too that might eat into his snap share a little bit. But I just don't think that people will value James Robinson as much as he's probably actually worth to you. So he becomes a hold. Like when people talk about James Robinson, he's probably a top 10 running back, like I said, for the rest of the season, just based on his productivity so far, the role that he has in this offense with so many other injuries that are out there. But I doubt that someone will be willing to trade you top 10 value for James Robinson because he's James Robinson. and He plays for the Jags. And that's the problem here is you were talking about all these situations of how long is this person going to be in the lead, like the charger situation. And there are a charger situation on top of it. They're also splitting and they're hot handing every single week within the game, Tremaine Pope, anybody. So, you know, all these situations where I would put James Robinson kind of going forward, like the miles Gaskin situation is it probably does get worse with, I, I, I know you're going to hate it, but I'm calling him Jakey Luton, like Louis Vuitton. But if that's the case there and it does decrease in value, it can't get much worse than Miles Gaskin because the volume, like that's the volume is, as you just argued for, is what we want to chase at running back when you have, I'm looking down the list right now and maybe 10 guys, you can guarantee 20 touches every single week. And then you can start getting the conversation like Antonio Gibson, probably not 20, maybe in the 16 to 18, David Montgomery does nothing with them. Hey, you know what? Maybe that's the floor. I think worst case scenario is he turns into David Montgomery. Yeah, which would still, it's weird because Todd Gurley has been like the least efficient running back in the league, yet he continues to score a <laughs> touchdown every single week, even when he's not trying to. So it's maintaining his fantasy value, but he is a house of cards. Yeah, I would try to, you know what? If you told me James Robinson versus Todd Gurley the rest of the way, I would take James Robinson just because Todd Gurley is not involved in the passing game. And as you mentioned, if not for the touchdowns, his his value is it's just so touchdown dependent. I just it's I'm worried about it. I'm worried about it, too. Now, they should foster enough red zone opportunities, goal line opportunities. The offense still moves at a pretty good rate that his touchdown percentage versus a lot of these guys because he gets all of the carries from down there is probably going to remain relatively high. It's just those weeks when he doesn't score a touchdown, uh, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be like three points. Uh, certainly. and then, But what if we look at this situation now and maybe with how Brian Hills looked at you no know, Calvin Ridley trying to get more passing game volume out of the backfield, which means that'll be more Brian Hill than Todd Gurley. So there's there's a lot of concerns when you have with Gurley. It's It's hard to hate for what he's done so far, but there's certainly risk there. Uh, so I have Dobbins over Edwards, but I have them back to back in the rankings. It just almost like last week where Dobbins appears to be the better player. This is a tougher matchup against the Colts. Now that Darius Leonard is back, we saw the impact that he had on the game last week, especially in the running attack uh, for the Lions. Not that there are you know, any great shakes on the ground, but having Leonard back really solidified that Colts defense that we saw like the first four weeks of the year. I think they're both playable. Edwards is probably going to be the goal line vulture if Lamar doesn't end up stealing the touchdown for himself. So he always has that multiple touchdown upside, but I would bank on Dobbins probably having more yardage and definitely likely more usage in the receiving game. 
Oh, definitely. And no question the receiving game. I think the concern you have is if they are in control, which they have been in a lot of games that would lean towards Gus Edwards. If they're passing more, that's more JK Dobbins. As of right now, you, if you were on Dobbins, you were right. If you were on Edwards, you were right. I, I think that you could say going forward, you're right, and they're both RB2s. One of them might finish as an RB1 if Gus Edwards does get the touchdown, if J.K. Dobbins is getting a lot of passing game work. I think this is a fair spot to have both of them going forward. And uh, you know what? I think slightly lesser version of last year's second half, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler. Like, they're not fringe RB1 and RB15 where you have them as a fair spot. Uh, the one thing that you mentioned, as you met with Gus Edwards, is when he got that touchdown, they were both in the backfield, and they did the quick handoff like you would normally give to a fullback because that's where Edwards was in that play. Uh, the only different situation between like Eckler and Gordon from last year versus Edwards and Dobbins this year is that the role in the receiving game for both of them is severely behind both those Chargers guys from last year. And Phillip Rivers was never scoring rushing touchdowns to take away from right. their bottom line. <laughs> of course. <laughs> that's why they're a lesser version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, both mid-tier, low-end running back twos, but with potential upside. 21 to 30, Justin Jackson, Damian Harris, Leonard Fournette, who I have ranked over Ronald Jones, so watch him fumble, and then he'll get sent back to the bench. DeAndre oh, Swift, Jarek McKinnon, Zach Moss, Le'Veon Bell, Jonathan Taylor, Ronald Jones, and Melvin Gordon. The reason for Fournette over Jones is obviously from Monday night. Uh, it does look like they've shifted back to Fournette, at least for a week, and we'll see how that ends up going. <laughs> and the reason for Jarek over Hasty is I just project them to be down in this game, and if they're going to be down, they're going to be throwing to Jarek, not pounding it. You'll probably see a lot of Hasty at the beginning of the game if Coleman sits, which it looks like he's going to. And then if they fall behind by like 10 or so, then you're going to see Jarek on the field a lot. Yeah, and I st but I still like Hasty though, because we know how poor the Packers are against and that's how you beat them against the running you assume that they're not going to be passing a whole lot to their options that you know I think you could get some use out of Hasty in the backfield because what's left their wide receiver Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne and now yeah and now it doesn't sound like Jordan Reed should be back which like is great I mean week. go pick up smelly dwelly he's the man <laughs> oh yeah but what is I mean we're talking about this is another this is like the running back conversation it's you know the good news is I think Mike Clay tweeted this out yesterday is that the 49ers no matter who the quarterback is no matter who the tight end is they tire they target the tight end position about the same whether it's Kittle or anybody else so that's good you're gonna get about one-fourth of the targets are going to go to Dwelly it's just now you're asking Nick Mullins to do it. So where's the concern? You know, where's the guarantee? I should say there. And then the other part of it is Brandon Ayuk. I'm going to compare to Traquan Smith and other wide receivers. When you're asked to be that talent level as a rookie and face number one coverage, uh, you would assume Alexander is just going to take him out of this game. So now you're asking Nick Mullins to beat you with Dwelly and Bourne and whoever else is active for this game. So I think that Hasty might be more usable than you have him down at 35. I'm not moving up a ton, but Naeem Hines was barely on the field, just happened to score two touchdowns. He's bookend his season so far, week one, and now last week. I would play Hasty before I played Hines. I suppose that's me shooting for the moon a little bit, and if you do think that, I mean, the Ravens are favored in this game. It should be a situation where if they get down, you see more Hines. And then you have, so I have Jonathan Taylor at 28, I have Naeem Hines at 31, and I have Jordan Wilkins at 36. Taylor's dealing with this quote-unquote ankle injury that they revealed after the game was over, which could be completely fake. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with him. But do you think there's a chance he doesn't play against the Ravens? I think there's a chance. Uh, if he's active, I find it hard to trust him because, you know, it, it would make sense. Like, I, I understand that my initial reaction is when I saw the news as well is like, oh, come on. And especially because he said he didn't know about it till F. Frank Reich didn't know about it till after the game. Like, then you shouldn't be coaching in the NFL. Like, you know, during the game, get the hell out of here. That's the part I didn't believe. So where I do believe potentially the injury is because if you watch that game, and I brought this up on our show, I said, if you watch that game, it took the names off the jerseys. You would say, Jonathan Taylor is the worst running back on this team. He didn't look good in that game. He looked off. So that's where I do give some credence to the injury news. So even if he's active, I wouldn't have him this high just because I don't think he's 100%. He didn't look good last week. So should I swap him and Wilkins in the rankings? <sighs> my, my issue with Wilkins is I've never been a big fan of his talent. Uh, I think he's kind of a Jordan Howard, David Montgomery. Like he's a guy. So I wouldn't quite put him that high facing the Ravens. So, oh, you know, you have Jonathan Taylor all the way down at 28. Yeah, okay. You, you can swap him. I th I, for some reason, when you were reading him off, it sounded like you, Jonathan Taylor was higher. No, I have him at number 28. Uh, so I'll swap those two. I'll go Wilkins at 28, and I'll go Jonathan Taylor at... Obviously, 
as you say all the time, if we get a full practice, let alone on Friday, if we get a full practice of Taylor on Thursday, then I think you would have to move Taylor back up into the top 20. All right, I'm going to I'm going to move into number 36. I'm just kind of worried that they're playing almost like the Chargers with the hot hand. Like I would rank uh, Justin Jackson higher than 21 against the Raiders. I do think that he is the lead back there at the moment, but as we talked about almost every week with the Chargers, I mean if it's Josh Kelly this week, I mean, it wouldn't super surprise me. <laughs> or, or Tremaine Pope again. Yeah. Well, how did that, how did that end up happening? I, how did Alfred Morris end up happening? It's 2020. That's how it happened. By the way, I keep saying it's Troy Maine Pope. I keep screwing it up. It's because he does have a Y in that name, and they did pronounce it correctly in that game. Okay. I uh, got Gallman at 32. J.D. McKissick at 33. <laughs> Fun. I know. Wayne Gallman, if you played him, look, I had him, I think, at like 40, and I was telling him, don't even waste your time. You, you 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 lucked out. You got that touchdown and lucked out. Let's be honest. Uh, so I think a little bit higher against Washington footballs is, is fine where you have them. But as, again, I don't want to touch the, the fact that Alfred Morris got that much run in that game. Who should he, he would have had another rush if not for a holding call. It has to tell you just what the Giants think about their backfield, period. Uh, well, I don't have Alfred Morris in the rankings this week because I have Devonta Freeman as a, if he's actually going to be playing. Uh, but if not, I'll probably just insert Alfred Morris at like 51 or something like that. <laughs> well, let's, let's pretend. Wait, 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 where do you have Devonta Freeman? 47. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. If Aaron Don't jo- touch the Giants' backfield. If, Sorry, go ahead. If Aaron Jones is out. So let's just live in that world. We talked about this a little bit okay. off the top. Let's, let's kind of reassert this position here. I like Irvin a little bit more because I think that he'll just – his floor in the passing game is probably like five targets, which could just be enough. Although Dexter Williams, like where would you rank him? Let's just – like I said, let's pretend Aaron Jones is out. Would you play Zach Moss or Dexter Williams? Oh, against Seattle? I, you know what? I would go Dexter Williams just for the volume. I, I do think that it's risky. Like I, I, but this is the argument you're making before about Alexander Madison is I'm going to go for the potential. He gets 20 touches and 20 touches, even at a bad matchup. I'll take the 20 touches. I don't envision a path where he ends up with 20 touches. I just don't see it. See, my biggest like I understand what you're talking about, Tyler Irvin, but Tyler Irvin hasn't been 100. percent Like I just that's my kind of feels. It, like, it, it, we're beyond 100 percent at this point, though. They have two guys. Hey, hey, you know who else had two guys? Seattle and Travis Homer barely saw the field. That's my concern of Tyler Irvin. Tyler Irvin isn't expected to miss this game. Travis Homer was a game time decision all the way up until game time. It was very clear that he was only active because they needed okay, extra bodies. Again. We have Thursday and Friday practices to find out. As of today, I'm living in that. That's the world I'm living in. Well, we, well, we, that we, I don't, we don't have Thursday and Friday practice because the game is on Thursday. Oh, yes, that, that's true. So we have tomorrow's practice, Wednesday practice. So do you want me to live in your world where Tyler Irvin's 100% ready to go? Yeah, let's just say you that they're, bo- they're both on equal footing here. I don't think that we're going to know because they, I mean, why would they actually tell us that I would just say right. like, on the waivers, I would pick up the cheaper guy, which is probably going to be Tyler Irvin. And I would take the better pass catcher because I think that's how the Packers are going to attack the 49ers here. Just a little dink and dunks out of the backfield and use that as an extension of their running game. Okay. So then in your world, Dexter Williams for me would slot. Yeah. Right behind Moss in front of Le'Veon Bell. All right, so Dexter Williams at number 27. That's uh, that's going to make that the Jake rankings. Dexter Williams. Actually, I'm not going to put him (laughs) in yet. I I, I still have Aaron Jones in the rankings, so I'm not going to be doing that. And then I'll bump up Tower Irvin to, like, the Wayne Gallman, Naheem Hines territory. Ugh, it's not good. People have been talking to me about dropping Mike Davis, by the way. Don't drop Mike Davis. I'm 100% in agreement with you. I've already had a couple people ask that in the waiver column. I said, no, stop. Didn't we we just see the value of Mike Davis? (laughs) I have an entire list that's been there week in and week out of next man up that need to be off waivers somewhere on somebody's team. One of the people on the list last week, Jordan Wilkins, who everybody's going crazy for in case Jonathan Taylor's out. And it's just Jordan Wilkins. Like that's why is, you know, keep these guys on rosters. Like if you're going to tell me, do I drop Mike Williams or Mike Davis? Goodbye, Mike Williams. You can find wide receivers everywhere. Yeah, you can't just randomly pick up, although Mike Davis has been slipping the past few weeks in these matchups, you can't just go pick up a top 10 running back uh, or a top 10 receiver, regardless of what happens because of injury. And that's what Mike Davis would be if Christian McCaffrey re-aggravates this injury. So, I mean, you picked him up, 
You got like four glorious weeks out of him. Then he kind of sucked for the past two, but you know, people suck all the time. Uh, Christian McCaffrey likely does not if he's not hurt. But at the same time, it's like not owning Latavius Murray. Right. It, it's a lot of these options. I mean, anybody who has the potential to step into not even 20, 15 plus touches every single week have to be on teams. I'm trying to think of anybody else that we haven't mentioned that was, well, you know, for a while there, Giovanni Bernard was on that list and people are like, ah, it's just Giovanni Bernard. Uh, Tony Pollard, we talked about Brian Hill. If people are going to thumb their nose up at Matt Breida, but if something happens to Miles Gaskin, you tell me people aren't going to go gaga for Matt Breida in his 30 mile an hour speed or whatever it is. You know, Royce Freeman, if Lindsay gets sidelined again, like there's a lot of options out there that just need to be rostered just in case. Wide receiver rankings right now as likely in. I have Chris Godwin, Tim Patrick, Michael Thomas, Jamison Crowder, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown. Likely out. Kelvin Ridley, Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is most certainly out. T.Y. Hilton, Hump Daddy, Adam Humphreys, Brashad Perriman, Debo Samuel, Nikhil Harry, Sammy Watkins, Brian Edwards, and Alan Lazald, who could end up playing. Probably not on the short week. Probably give him that extra extendo week uh, to get his core right. Too many sit-ups for old Alan Lazard. And Julian Edelman is out. That leads to the rankings. Devontae Adams, number one. DeAndre Hopkins, number two. Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill. I like Lockett more than Metcalf. I've been riding the streak of picking yes. between the two guys, and I've been good the past two weeks, so that's really helped out my finances on DraftKings. I'm not going to lie to you. But I like Lockett <laughs> against the Bills. Adam Thielen, Stephen Diggs, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown. That's my top 10. Into the next 20, Will Fuller, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, D.K. Metcalf there. It's not like I'm benching D.K. Metcalf. I just can't do that. Terry McLaurin at 15. Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder, Justin Jefferson, DJ Moore, and Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson, he's less boomer bust than Chase Claypool, but at the same time, the guy can't not get injured in games. <laughs> Did you just throw a double negative on him? Yeah, he's the problem is like the, the week before that it was his 15 targets and the usage. Actually, if you just take the games where he's been about a hundred percent and that's why i put up the quotes is every single game where he's been about a hundred percent and played the entire game it's double digit targets and he's the clear number one it's just as you mentioned he gets hurt mid-game and still keeps playing or even leaves the game uh, it feels like that one julio jones season where it was every single week julio jones had a foot issue it was a foot issue a foot issue it bangs up his toe bangs up his ankle bangs up this that that so it kind of feels like that season um deontay johnson is kind of like you have to play him and just Hold your nose. Hopefully he makes it through the game 100%. I, I think you have to play all your Steelers receivers this week. Probably not James Washington, yes. but Claypool, Juju, and Deontay Johnson. Like This is the best matchup they're going to get all year. Roll the dice, and hopefully your, your receiver isn't the one who craps out, but I have no idea who that's going to be. No, and, I, and I'm with you on the Tyler Lockett. I actually, for the past two weeks, I've been with you on that one as well. It's like the DK Metcalf. By the way, DK Metcalf, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry last week, the trio, and then just getting such cheap options everywhere else on DraftKings. I also did some money making with it last week with you, so I was happy about that. And the reason I say that is not to be like, oh, I made some money like you did, but Tyler Lockett, what do we talk about the Bills this entire season? Over the middle of the field, the intermediate slot route guys is where they get just destroyed. And... Tyler Lockett, not DK Metcalf. Yeah, you can't bench Metcalf just because Tredavious White is likely to shadow him because his touchdown potential is just so high and he's a freak that he might just stiff arm <laughs> Tredavious White out of the way and run for 80 yards. That's always on the table. <laughs> but like if Jamison Crowder is the type of receiver that kills the Bills, then Tyler Lockett is the advanced version of that. Yeah, it's just frustrating because it was the past two or three weeks that it's been, it's not even been one or the other. It's been one scores 50 points, the other one scores five the past couple games. Uh, do you have any problems with anyone inside that top 20? No. I, you know, Michael Thomas, I just, I understand the trepidation with him coming back. For me, Michael Thomas would just be immediately back inside close. I understand it's not the best matchup, but you know, Sterling Shepard and Darius actually Darius Slayton would have had a great game yeah. if Daniel Jones knew how to throw the football. So I would put Michael Thomas higher, but that's uh, who cares? This is the conversation you and I have every single week about whether Michael Thomas is four, twelve, or even sixteen. You're starting him. So anybody inside this top twenty. I, I like DJ Moore against the Chiefs where he had him. I actually tweeted about that last week and said, I can never get him right. If I have him at 25, he's fifth. If I put him at fifth, he's 25th. So I was just, you're one spot off. I said, I'm just going to rank him wide receiver 18 the rest of the season. I don't care. DJ Moore is wide receiver 18 for me going forward. So I have Brandon Ayuk at number 21. You really think that Jair Alexander is going to shadow him during this game? Because it could be, it could end up being Kendrick Bourne. And the one thing that I like about 
I mean, the Niners are kind of in disarray right now, but the one thing that Shanahan will do is move his pieces around the field. He will, but Jerry Alexander has been moving around. He doesn't stay 100% shadow, which we just saw last week, but the thing was is he spent enough time on Thielen and Jefferson to kind of take them both away, and then it's, you know, the other people are able to double cover, and I'm actually very hesitant with the passing game, period. I think that Ayuk, even if he gets Alexander for 60% of the game, I wouldn't have this high. I understand why you would make that point, and I understand what you're saying, but I would play all the Steelers over him. I would play Sterling Shepard. I'd probably put him down by Marquise Brown. I think that's more of that. That feels like the risk upside reward situation. All right, I'll drop Ayuk from 21 to 25. So that now makes 21 to 30. Chase Claypool, Sterling Shepard, Juju. Like I said, all, all of the Steelers are top 24 receivers this week. Devontae Parker at 24, <laughs> Ayuk at 25. Hollywood Brown, Darius Slayton, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Brendan Cook. Should we talk about this Tampa Bay receiving core and what's going to happen here? Yeah, let's let's do it. Uh, for, Honestly, re- for, Mike- for reference, I have Antonio Brown at number 37. I think this could be Antonio Brown's best week of the season. I'm not willing to bank on that, but just game one, almost like we saw in that game with the Patriots where it was kind of at a hand. It's like, oh, let's get let's get Antonio Brown some stats now. <laughs> I could see that. I could also just see the fact that if Antonio Brown's even 90% of what he was, that's going to be too low. I understand. That, yeah, no, of course, we're not going to bank on his first game back. He might not even play the full game. They might even be working him back in. Who knows what kind of shape he is? Who knows what kind of game plan that he understands so far? Like, I'm not taking anything away from Antonio Brown's intelligence. I'm not talking about his off the field intelligence, on the field intelligence of being able to learn the playbook. But there's a lot of risk with just playing Antonio Brown back. The Mike Evans as a whole, even if let's just say Antonio Brown wasn't even playing this week, that even feels like a little bit high for me because I I told I think two weeks ago I told this to you is that the Chris Godwin active games, Mike Evans target percentage is only 11 percent. Chris Godwin's 20 percent in all those games. Tom Brady just doesn't go to Mike Evans when Chris Godwin is playing. It's a very, very much Chris Godwin plays number one, number one, number one. And Mike Evans somewhat mixed in. So would He's you, actually, Mike Evans is actually behind Gronkowski in target percentage for the games that Godwin is playing. The, the one the one nice thing about Evans is that, I mean, you can't write him in for a touchdown, but they do like to look at him once they get inside the 10-yard line. <laughs> they do, and that's true, but it's kind of touchdown or bust. Like, what's the difference between him and, I'm trying to th- Mike Williams at this point, when Chris Godwin's out there. Not a ton, I suppose, except I, I I would anticipate Evans making it through the game where it's always a 50-50 proposition with Mike Williams. <laughs> That's certainly fair. Uh, that game last night, though, against the Giants, is that, that that touchdown was 100% Tom Brady. Like, there's you just can't defend that. There's no there's absolutely no way to defend that pass. So those are always the potential. So I will give you that. And if you're going to tell me who's going to take the pass or do the better job at throwing the pass than Tom Brady or Justin Herbert, I'm going to take Brady versus the rookie as good as Herbert's looked. So I understand that. I'm just saying, Mike Evans, I'm not saying you should push him down. It's just that Mike Evans does have major risk even inside the top 30 with Chris Godwin active. The leaders, this is from the free red zone report tool up at ftndaily.com. You can find that in the description of the video and podcast if you want to check it out for yourself. End zone target leaders for the season. Adam Thielen with nine, Calvin Ridley, Jimmy Graham with seven, Darius Slayton, Mark Andrews, DK Metcalf, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, TJ Hawkinson, and AJ Green and Mike Gesicki all have six. It, it's not just a weird split of people at the very top of end zone leaders. Uh, I think it's just weird when you think of the common names that should be up there. Oh, what's the, what's how many touchdowns does, do you have that? Do you have any of the end zone targets for Mike Evans that he's converted on? Yep. Uh, Mike Evans has five end zone targets and four end zone target touchdowns. So that's the other problem is that's actually really high. So the uh, I did this the past five. I did this in the offseason. The average for an end zone target conversion to a touchdown is 33% or 38%, 38%, 38.3%. Yeah, but so are, are you factoring? I mean, that that's just the overall, right? Like you're not factoring skill right. into that. Like I would say that Mike Evans is no, 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 good at this. Yes, that's where, was, that's where I was going next. Is that, so a couple things is, yes, that's everybody for the past five years, everybody that's had an end zone target, the average conversion is almost 40%. So you say somebody like Mike Evans should be above that. It's also a small sample, five versus, you know, what if we were talking 20? It should probably normalize. And I'm not saying Mike Evans can't even be outside the norm. Just saying four out of five 
is still above even what Mike Evans should do. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe there's a little bit of regression coming, but not a ton where I'm scared. Just I just wanted to throw that out there as another piece of information. The uh, if you're looking just for red zone targets for the season, Calvin Ridley is the leader, although I, I don't think he's going to play this week. Do you? No, I don't think Calvin really. I, I, that's, I thought it sounded like a two-week injury, didn't it? Well, they have a bye week next week. That's why I'm assuming they keep him out this week, okay. go on their bye, bring him back after. But, I, okay, is there a specific backup for these guys, like individually in Atlanta? Because when Julio was out, Zacchaeus got all the run. But in that Thursday night game when Ridley went out, it was all Christian Blake on the field. It was, and I don't think there's a specific one. I think that's just similar to... Last night's game with the Buccaneers, like why was all of a sudden that Jaden Mickens getting all that opportunity when you have Tyler Johnson who has performed before this season? It's just kind of, it's what we talked about with the running backs earlier this year. Sometimes coaches see something in practice during the week and give somebody an opportunity or sometimes somebody messes up in practice and they give the other person the opportunity because the other person messed up. It's just a coaching scheme situation between Gage, Zacchaeus, and uh, Christian Blake. I would still probably put in that order, but there's zero confidence in like which one of the three it should be any given week when either Julio or Ridley. I don't think it's really Julio's out. It's this guy. If you know uh, Ridley is out, it's this guy because the one thing about it too is that Zacchaeus and Gage are both more slot options. Where you know maybe you can say that leads some credence to it, but it's not like Ridley is a pure slot or a pure outside guy. Calvin Ridley, 19 red zone targets so far this season. After that at 17 is Theo and Allen Robinson has 16. Nick Foles is good for no one except Allen Robinson, by the way. <laughs> oh, he's got Darnell Mooney. He's Mooney showed up a couple times. Yeah, have fun starting Mooney, figuring out the game when he gets into the end. Who would have thought it was against the Saints? Uh, Slayton, Odell actually had 15. They were just forcing him the ball. Mark Andrews, 15 red zone targets still this season. Diggs, Metcalf, Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown has 14 red zone targets. He has one end zone touchdown, which is kind of crazy. It is, but you go back to the Mark Andrews. That's actually why I'm buying low on Mark Andrews everywhere. And I actually love his price on DraftKings this week at 4,800 because it's been as roller coaster. It's either a good game or a bad game. There doesn't seem to be an in between with Mark Andrews this year, but that number you just rattled off is I think Lamar Jackson running a little bit more will help improve his efficiency in the passing game. I don't think he gets back to last year's touchdown rate. Nobody expected him to be on last year's touchdown rate. But I think the problem was, is he was keeping himself, I don't know if this is the team or he himself was thinking this, kind of keeping himself in check in the rushing game. And you see the past couple of weeks, he's getting back into that. And that's going to soften up the defenses a little bit. And if he could just get a little bit back into the flow of things with Andrews, not even Marquise Brown, but just back with Andrews a little bit. I love, like, that's one of my favorite by lows right now is Mark Andrews. Number 31, I got Kendrick Bourne, just for volume-type play. Tim Patrick comes in at number 32, assuming he plays. I still think that he is the number one in Denver when he's out there. Uh, For reference, I have Judy down at number 40. I think they're both decent starts against Atlanta. Not great starts, decent starts. So Bourne, Patrick, Cole Beasley, Marv Jones, Corey Davis. That was the guy I wanted to bring up to you that you were correct about this year. <laughs> that Devontae Parker season? Yeah, that you said you just, just draft Corey Davis in the last round of all your drafts. He could have a great year, and he is having a great year. Denzel Mimze, uh, did you know? Here's a fun fact uh, that what? got passed okay. along to me uh, from Jets Reddit, is where I heard this stat. Denzel Mims is the first rookie in the history of the New York Jets to lead his team in receiving two games in a row. He has 89 wow. total yards in those games. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's awesome that might be the most jets thing ever that's oh i love that uh the <laughs> the mim situation i will say this the mim situation you said good luck predicting the game i don't think he's that different from darnell mooney in the fact that if you watch i went back and i it was exactly what i assumed you know he started off decent it's only two catches but he started off decent and we're like oh this might be a good mims game i was with you on mims and everybody was in dfs because the price of 3200 i mean how could you not even though he only scored what was it seven or eight points it didn't matter because of what you were able to get elsewhere on DraftKings last week with that. But the MIM situation is it's very boomer bust because you watch that game and Kansas City said, fine, you're going to throw a couple times to Denzel Mims. We'll start paying a little bit more attention to him and take him away because what are you going to do? Beat us with Berrios and Jeff Smith? And that's what they tried to do. There's like, And it didn't work because you're the Jets. So the MIM situation is the Traquan situation. I think he needs Jameson Crowder or Bashar Perriman out there. So if Crowder is out there, I like Mims more 
And similar to Traquan Smith, if Emmanuel Sanders or Mike Thomas could just get on the field, I would like him more. So Mims is going to be almost a bench for me if he's the number one. But if you get one of the guys back, then I would like him as a play. Yes, I have Jamison Crowder in the ranking, so it's right. reflected in my rankings as, and they will change if Jamison Crowder is ruled out. We actually have some breaking news here, but I want to get to the rest of the the rankings. Antonio Brown at 37, John Brown at 38. Basically, start your bills if you got them against this passing game. Like, just go nuts. Uh, if there's ever a week to start all your bills receivers that aren't Stefan Diggs, this is probably the week. Uh, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Jacoby Myers at number 41. Russell Gage, Marcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman, Zach Pascal, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Michael Gallup. And I have Pittsburgh spelled wrong in my rankings. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Preston Williams. It's a tough week. What do you do with the Jags guys with, uh, with, with your boy Louis Vuitton starting? <laughs> there you go. Look, yeah, get you on board with it. Here's the thing. I'm going to buy on DJ Chark because people are already off of him. Are you, bu- are you buying worth- on him long-term or buying on him this week? No, buy not him long term. I'm tentative of all Jaguars this week because it's this it's what we see with any new quarterback. He could like the guy he was practicing with the most, even though it's an, I put that up close because that's a misnomer. It's a narrative. Are you saying are it, you saying it's Colin 2L Johnson week? <laughs> Colin 2L It might be. And, and you know what? He might like Chenault the most. He might just have the, the thing with Luton is he's coming from a pro-style offense. Or I don't even know. Is, it's, is it Luton? <laughs> I, 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 I believe Luton. it is Luton. Like juiced Luton okay. for the European tour and golf. That's what I thought. But now I got Luton in my head and I'm messing it up. So he could like Chenault the most. He could have, if you look, I was going to go back to the point was he's coming from a pro-style offense. He's coming from Oregon State. He's coming from Pac-12. We didn't face the most tough defenses and still was okay. So there is some potential with him, but I don't think... He's as good as Gardner Minshew, which is crazy. I know people are like, oh, you're insane or whatever, but Gardner Minshew wasn't connected with DJ Chark. Fine. That's true. I still think he's a better quarterback than Luton. And so if we go into his first game, Luton might take the safest, quickest options, which would actually be Keelan Cole and maybe even Chenault. If you're looking for the big play splash, it's just not going to know who he is to like going to have the most rapport with. That's what you always have with a new quarterback is who do they have the most rapport with? We won't know until we see it. The, co- the coaches aren't going to tell us. No, that's true. Is there anyone from down on the list that you can see inserting into your lineups? Like, do you want to play David Moore against the Bills? Do you want to play Demir Bird against the Jets? Like, I think that the Patriots passing game is interesting just because the Jets are so bad, but I don't know. I was, I had a lot of Jacoby Myers last week. And the the reason why is that's fine. People, that's a victory lap, whatever. I just, I'm not, I'm going to stop apologizing for that because you're going to take it how people are going to take it. The Jacoby Myers, the reason I was on him was because he fills the Julian Edelman role. And if you're watching Cam Newton play, that's the only person that matters. It doesn't matter if it's Demir Bird. It doesn't matter who else it is. Cam Newton can't get the ball downfield. He can't get the ball to receivers half the time. The only person he can get anything with is over the middle of the field, short options. Jacoby Myers was being blocked Did by you, old Julian hold, hold Edelman. On. Did you just victory lap a guy who scored 11 fantasy points? That's what I'm saying. I wasn't victory lapping him. Sounds, I was just on him for the like, fact. It sounds See? like you're exactly. victory lapping. I'll give you the screenshots. I played him in like four leagues just because that's how desperate I was at wide receiver. But that's the truth. It's like that's the guy. That's the only guy. That's the point here is you asked who I would go from down in the rankings. I would play him. I think you have him the highest of anybody on the. Don't, don't you have him? You have him higher than Bird, don't you? Who Myers? I have, Myers Bird. I have Myers at 41 bird at number 50. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't even see Myers way up there. So yeah, there you go. So down further in this list, I think Nelson Aguilar, I'm going to give him one more chance. It's hard to ignore what he was doing before that game. And that game was a, the perfect, it's a perfect example of why weather can be concerning. Yeah. The, the problem with the wind and the weather type deal is that there were three games identified as bad situations last week. That was one of them. Obviously the other two, it didn't make a difference. <laughs> No, 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 no. It did make a difference. It didn't make a difference for the people in low air yards per targets or air dot, air, a dot, whichever one you want to use. That's where you find the value is you find the value in the short to intermediate wide receivers and running backs versus the, the deeper guys. That's why. So it did matter. It just mattered for specific people. I mean, that is just that that's kind of like galaxy braining yourself out of it. Like unless. No, it's like, true. Going back, so <laughs> so who did you start and who did you sit? From these games. Well, Devontae Adams is not a question either way. So Devontae yeah. Adams, he's out of the equation. But Stefan Diggs, you played him. You didn't touch John Brown. And I know John Brown had an injury question anyway, but you didn't touch John Brown. You didn't touch Nelson Aguilar, Henry Ruggs. I didn't. I actually moved up Hunter Renfro when I had that situation. I didn't start any 
anybody on the Cleveland side of things because that was just, I don't trust Baker Mayfield in that kind of weather. So what was the other game that I'm trying to remember off the top of my head? You said there was three. There was the third game. What was the third game? Yeah, it was the Packers game. No, th- those were all three. It was the Raiders game, the Packers game, and the Bills game. Right. So oh, on the Bills side, that's why completely off. That, it wasn't just Cam but, Newton, but, but, but that's you, the only reason but I was off But you Jacoby Myers. <laughs> Because the short game, the slot up. Yeah, but except but you're saying that you didn't want to play the guys like just kind of parsing through in the win situations. You can avoid those games, I guess, right. if possible. But you went out of your way to play a guy that like sucks, but he runs. No, I played him runs. as my wide receiver. I played him as a wide receiver four because I was playing the short to intermediate game. hundred percent. I actually had a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stack to see if it could hit even bigger than it did on DraftKings. All right. So here's the breaking news that I wanted to talk about. Uh, Andy Dalton uh, has tested positive for COVID. So he's out. <laughs> so Danucci is back. Oh in. God. So he comes off. Or the- Garrett Gilbert. I know. So uh, whoever it is, what do we do with these Dallas receivers? <laughs> I had already ranked them down because they're playing Pittsburgh to begin with. So the highest one I had was Amari Cooper at number 28. Should I bump him down? Yes. <laughs> would you play Denzel? Oh, yeah. Would you play Denzel Mims or Amari Cooper? Mims. Would you play Antonio Brown or Amari Cooper? I would play John Brown too against the Seahawks, even though I'm still concerned that John Brown might not be 100. percent What about Mike Williams or Jerry Judy or your boy Jacoby Myers? <laughs> now he's my boy. Uh wow. I like this is going to sound so reactionary, but if it's Danucci or even Garrett Gilbert. I don't see. I would keep going. Well, I, it, it, it has to, it has to be one of those guys because Dalton's not playing. No, no. So I'm saying I was just mentioning whether it's either one of them. Yeah. No matter which one it is, I would have to put them all down here. I mean, of all of them, I might actually go with Gallup at this point because of all these Dalton, Danucci's, and you know Gilbert. We don't know because we just bring up the same thing with Luton is who he likes the most. But at least Gallup is getting some more of the air yards underneath him. So if they're all, let's say they all get four targets, which might be realistic, why not just go for the guy that's going the furthest down the field, the Gallup? Okay, I'll go Amari Cooper at 41 behind your boy, Jacoby Myers. <laughs> this Jacoby! Is, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Michael Gallup at 48 and C.D. Lamb at 46. I'll put them all in the 40s and maybe one of them will be okay. Who knows? Oh, this is so bad. Yeah, it's, it's not. We just went from them, like, all being in three, all inside the top 20. <laughs> now they're all in the 40s. Yeah, not great. Not great out there for the Dallas wide receivers. Let's move to tight ends. Um, we'll just talk about the streamers because you have the guys that you're going to start. I Likely in, I have Dawson Knox being elevated off the COVID-19 list. Tyler Eifert probably going to be back, and Jordan Aikens likely to be back as well, thus killing the value, probably, of Darren Fells. Jordan Reed likely out. George Kittle actually out. That leaves Travis Kelsey, numero un, in the rankings. Darren Waller, number two. Jonu, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Logan Thomas, Smelly Dwelly, Hayden Hurst, Hunter Henry, Noah Fant. I have Gronk at 11. I could probably move him up potentially, but now you have another mo. You have Godwin presumably coming back and then throwing Antonio Brown into this mix. It's just going to be tough if he doesn't score a touchdown, which you can say about a lot of these guys. But I have Jared Cook at number 12, <laughs> Eric Ebron, Jimmy Graham, Trey Burton, Robert Tunyon, Will Disley, who actually ran more routes for the first time all season than Greg Olson last week. And again, middle of the field where you can get the Bills, Evan Ingram, Dalton Schultz, and Mike Gesicki. I like Dwelly if Reed and Kittle are out. Like, I'm just going to pick him up and play him. I think that's a very interesting play as well, especially if no Jordan Reed. Actually, if Jordan Reed is playing, even if it doesn't sound like he's 100%, I would risk Jordan Reed just because he can do a lot. He's done a lot before he exits the game. So unlike Deontay Johnson, he, like, does it and then exits, fortunately. So I think both of them are intriguing, especially Dwelly. Uh, there are two that I'm going to push back on you for the change. I, I know it's tight end and it's just almost chasing your tail this year. But at this point with Hunter Henry, I wouldn't play him over down to Eric Ebron. I'd put him all the way down in the Jimmy Graham classification with the way that he's been playing or lack of production. And then Janu, this is my preseason concern about Janu and he had, to, you know, AJ Brown hurt and then Corey Davis. So when he when both are healthy, he is by far the third option, and it's not even touchdown or bust. It's like two catches and a touchdown or bust. So I would put Jono all the way behind Hayden Hurst, God, Jared Cook, and no Jaden, Jaden, Jared Cook, and I can't believe I just said Jared you. You Cook. would play Gronk over Jono Smith this week. I would. John, what what has Jono Smith done? Uh, I feel like at least he has the potential for huge games. Even with Gronk scoring touchdowns, it's not like he has huge games. That's certainly fair, but I'm just uh, John Smith has just done nothing since the both of them have been Corey Davis and AJ Brown have been playing together. I'm still okay. I'm going to bump down Johnu behind Fant, so we'll go from three to ten, and then I'll take 
Actually, he'll go to nine because I'll bump down Hunter Henry as well. I'll put, I'll put your boy Hunter Henry behind your other boy, Jared Cook, and see how we do there. How about that? I, I don't know if I can hear you or not. Are you still talking? No, I wasn't talking. Now I'm talking. I, that's why I put my finger up my, my yeah, I can't see. Headset. I can't see you, Jake. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you couldn't see me. I'm I've sorry. Ne- I've never been able to see you. <laughs> I thought I couldn't remember if when we, you changed the video to where I can see you, if you, you could see me as well. I'm sorry. I mean, you're on. I just can't see the guest from where I'm sitting. It's, a, it's like over there somewhere. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I'm All having, right. you know, I'm having, you know, I'm having audio problems. If you're not saying anything, I think I've lost you. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm having audio problems too, because apparently my headset with no warning just died. <laughs> what were you saying? I missed what you said. Oh, well, so sorry. You're never going to know. Let's move to quarterbacks. Uh, quarterbacks <laughs> for week nine. Obviously, I have to update these because Andy Dalton is out uh, due to COVID-19 concerns. So likely in, I have Sam Darnold with his shoulder problem, although he's real soft, so he might not play anyway. Um, out, I have Andy Dalton, Gardner Minshew, and Jimmy Garoppolo. That leaves Patrick Mahomes at number one in the rankings, Russell Wilson, <clears throat> excuse me, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Justin Ebert, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Matthew Stafford at number 10. That's in to Aaron Rodgers, Drew Locke, who I do like this week, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Matt Ryan, Kyle Allen, Kirk Cousins, and Tua against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I, I don't feel great about any of the guys in the bottom 10 because they all have really terrible matchups. <laughs> yeah. If you're looking for streaming quarterbacks, it's not even that good of a week period. Uh, you know, Drew Locke seems to be the one that a lot of people are going after. Although Ben Roethlisberger is available in a lot of leagues. Just so is, because so he is Stafford. Putting up. Stafford. That's another good one. It's because those are the guys. If they don't do it with their arms, then they don't really do it because they're not the running options. Like we see with a lot of quarterbacks these days. And the thing about Roethlisberger, too, is isn't this a career? I don't know if it's a career low, but I remember seeing a tweet about it from somebody who said that it's one of, if not career low, worst air yards per attempt for his career. That's because he's keeping everything short with Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. That's why you haven't seen the 300-yard games despite him passing a decent amount at times. So I do like him because the Cowboys get most people right, but... You know, there is a little bit of concern, especially if they get a rushing touchdown on this. Ben Roethlisberger essentially has kind of turned into, you know, Tannehill, but without the three touchdowns per game at this point. And Tannehill's good for like 15 to 20 yards on the ground every game, too. Right. Which is always So he's got game. more upside with him. So uh, the only ones that my initial reaction was Aaron Rodgers feels a little low, even against San Francisco. Uh, and then because uh, Matt Ryan against the Broncos, even without Calvin Ridley, the Broncos secondary, the Broncos pass defense is not good this year. No, it's not. It's not horrendous at the same time. And Dan Ridley, it's just, I don't think it's going to be the same as Julio, but remember how awful their offense was when Julio was sitting out? And it's like, oh, Ridley's going to eat. And just like their whole offense was out of whack. I wonder if it's the same situation with Ridley at this point. I doubt it's going to be that way, but I did decrease him a little bit because of it. And that's certainly fair. We definitely saw a stark decrease in when there was no Julio. So it's worth it's worth con- being concerned about that really might have a similar effect. Uh, top three defenses so far this year versus quarterbacks in terms of giving up fantasy points. The three best in terms of most difficult, the Colts, the Patriots, and the Buccaneers. The three easiest, the Seahawks, the Falcons, and the Jags, if people are wondering. <laughs> Plus the Chargers are in that mix, too. That's why I bumped up Derek Carr a little bit. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to be off Derek Carr because of what happened. Again, weather was a big factor in that game, and the the people what they they Chargers just traded away. Oh, what's his name? That they just traded so they even got weaker in the secondary. Yeah, they traded away their slot corner. What the fuck's his name? Um, I know, I can't think of it. He used to be their outside corner. Desmond King. Desmond King. That's exactly. Thank what you. It is. Thank you. There Paul. you go. Uh, it's just like Quan Alexander is now on the Saints, and he's been like inactive since week four. I, I assume he'll <laughs> be back this week. <laughs> assume uh, yeah, that might be like, Oh, I'm still kind of hurt. By the way, speaking of, if I'm Ben DiNucci, I might be like, Oh, I got banged up in that game. I can't play this week. He's like, Hey, I'm a Ben, ben DiNucci. I have to make it a pizza. I can't play <laughs> at the quarterback. He says, too, too bad. I don't want to get a hit. 
That was a really bad Italian accent. No, that's what every Italian sounds like. I'm sorry, Jake. I'm sorry. You're, you're but you did wrong. get the hand motions, at least. I mean, that's that's me anyway. I'm like, I'm half Italian, so I'm just out here. I'm just ripping off the hand motions as we go. Uh, defenses, <laughs> before we get it. Oh, I did want to say about your Aguilar point earlier. You completely spaced on it. If Brian Edwards is back, I'm not playing Aguilar. That's certainly concerning. I, I think that Brian Edwards will be worked back in with the way that Aguilar has been playing. But long-term concern, I, I continually bring this up also in the waiver column myself, is that I agree with you because Brian Edwards is still more talented, even though Aguilar is kind of having a resurgent season. So he kind of looks like the guy we knew at USC, but I do think Brian Edwards is their plan and their guy. So, yes, long-term concern. Maybe not first game back, but I understand it. Oh, I just got a push notification on my phone that restaurants and gyms might be opening here again in two weeks. Fun times, Jake. <laughs> Fun times. I thought you were going to tell me about a trade. Why? I don't care about restaurants. I do. I've been on lockdown for like a month and a half. And this is only going to be two more weeks. Yeah, I'm just kinda... waiting for 2021 at this point. Did you just call it quits on 2020? Yeah, I, like, it's the football season. I barely leave the house anyway. That's fair. I, I, I got football. I got masters on the go and I have two kids under 20 months. So I'm not doing a whole lot, but having the gym back open would be very nice for me. I would enjoy that. Defenses before we get out of here. Uh, I had the Steelers at number one anyway, but now with the Nucci <laughs> playing quarterback or whoever the hell it might be, uh, I think they're number one, two, three, four, and five. I was going to say, can you put them higher than number one? <laughs> Uh, after that, I go the Chiefs, the Footballs, the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Colts, Texans, Chargers, and Dolphins. Uh, I actually really like the Cardinals here. I think the Cardinals are probably the best DraftKings defense uh, to kind of go to this week if you want to. They're, they're cheap-ish, uh, and I don't know if I trust Tua. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, um, I think there's legitimate concern after we saw Tua's first game. My concern still is if he gets some confidence. Like, why didn't he run? Maybe hit. Maybe that hip isn't hundred percent. I expected him to run more and the passing was definitely a concern, but if he's not going to run on top of it, I see that the Houston Texans feel so much. You could get it up with negative points or yeah. one of the best defenses for a great price this week, because the Texans defense is terrible, but we're talking about Luton starting at quarterback. So there is definitely potential in that game. Well, it's just like, I have the Seahawks at 16. They're the lowest of the ranked defenses I have. So it's like Packers, Bears, Broncos, Giants, Falcons, Seahawks. And it's not that the Seahawks are any good at defense, but playing Josh Allen in a game where he may have to throw 45 times. That's like two picks right there. Return one. All of a sudden you're a top five defense. <laughs> yeah, of course. I actually like the Giants a little bit higher than where you have them because they are a top 10 at getting after the quarterback and sacks. And it is Kyle Allen speaking of potential turnovers. Sure. So. I, I just, you know, it feels like regardless of what's happening with Washington, they're just not committed to passing all that much. They're just going to try to run, 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 run. Right, and that's certainly fair. That was going to be my counterpoint, but I, I wouldn't have them up. I would still play the Texans, risky as they are, but I'd probably have them more around. I'd play. I, you know what? I'd play them over the Dolphins. No, I, I like the Dolphins because just Kyler takes so many sacks as it is that it's a higher floor, and I don't expect them to put up like fifty something points. And the Dolphins' defense has been really good recently. If we just like adjust for like the past three weeks, they are getting after the quarterback. Okay, fair enough. I don't. I got to look. I didn't realize they were. They had moved that far up and getting after the quarterback. And then, of course, the sacks with Kyler Murray in the way that he holds the ball. It's similar to Daniel Jones. You might get a fumble out of that too. Yeah, basically, since Xavier Howard and Byron Jones have both been back, they've ratcheted up the pressure a lot because they feel like they okay. can, they can actually just hey, listen, if you're going to toss it up, we have two of the best corners in the league. Go nuts. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm glad. Thank you for the information. No problem. I'm Pat Mayo. You can find good information like this at ftndaily.com. Some of it's free, some of it's premium. You want the premium shit? The good shit? Well, the other stuff's pretty good, too. But the real good shit, you got to use code Mayo. Get yourself a discount on that. Jake, your rankings are coming out at midnight? Yes, they are coming out midnight, just like yours. Continually updated throughout the week, depending on where would I have somebody if somebody doesn't play. I do the same thing as you do, and you can still go there and sign up. If you haven't already for a dollar a month, better than, uh, what's that, gym, Planet Fitness, you can do a dollar a month to sign up. Or maybe it's a dollar a week now. It's still a dollar to sign up, whatever it is. Oh, is that like that that French gym chain in the United States, La Fitness? <laughs> is that, do you have La Fitness? No. Actually, I think there are a few around. Planet Fitnesses? No, no, I, Fitnesses? I was talking about LA Fitness, but... <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Have you ever seen Planet Fitness? They're yeah. the, oh, the I, purple... I, I have. It looks like Globo Gym from Dodgeball. Yeah, it's the... I lift things up and put them down. They joke that... There's actually legit... Have you ever been to one? No. 
there's legitimately a lunk alarm on the wall that will go off if somebody drops weights or does something ridiculous. They legitimately, I have been there when the alarm's gone off. I don't find that people dropping weights is that big of a, the only people that I ever see drop weights at the gym are people that probably need to drop them. Like they're just really going for it <laughs> with a max lift. Like it's, I, I, I feel like the the, the alarm the is barbell for, across the chest and you're trying to like, oh, I can't, you got to lean off and let the plate slip off and then get the bar. So you no, don't die. It, it, I've never actually seen anyone. The only time I've ever seen anyone drop like an actual like barbell is if they're doing deadlifts. Um, and that's kind of part of it. And you, there's specific mats that you can drop that on. Like if you're trying to, or even like a jerk lifting clean, like they're trying to do like military press or something like that. But uh, it's usually two like dumbbells and they're really trying to press like two hundreds up or something like that. And it's just, you know, they want to try to get the max out of it. They want to hit the ground and let it go. But I think what you're talking about at like planet fitness is like planet fitness is more like a beginner gym, right? Yeah. It, that's, that's, that, that's their goal is to be, beginner's gym and not judged and feel like an idiot while you're there because everybody is out there putting up 200 on a dumbbell presses but yeah the, what happened with me it was it was actually curls the guy was doing them and then he did the drop and the type of thing and the alarm went off <laughs> that's awesome uh, but yeah i think that's something you would see more at like a beginner type gym than you would at a place where people like just are I used to go to the most super steroidy gym back when I worked at Fantasy. Uh, it was right next door, so I used to go there all the time. It'd be like the same 30 people there. Whenever I walked in, somehow they're always at the gym, and they're on a lot of steroids. Those guys don't drop the weights, though. Like They're pretty good with gym etiquette. Do they have the gallon jug of water with them? Oh, yeah. The, the, the really thin tank top, like the spaghetti string tank top to really show off the traps, and the giant jug of water, uh, 100%. <laughs> I always love when you get the one dude too with that tank top that's got like one nipple covered, but the other one's hanging out for some reason. I like it. I like the move. Listen, if you're going to be on steroids and be at the gym five hours a day, you might as well show it off, right? <laughs> sure. You got to show off those gains to everyone else there. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at, on Twitter at Facebook. Or not on on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at the PME. You can book a cameo with Pat Mayo at the PME on Cameo, all in the description of this video, just like the rankings, the Listener's League link, uh, the waiver wire stuff. If you do have an ad drop or trade question, put it in Monday's show, the waiver wire pickup show. I will be answering those to the end of Tuesday evening. If you have a start sick question for the week, uh, put it in the Friday show, the injury update. There's no live this week because uh, I'm doing Masters prep, and there's already one Masters show out. If you're interested in golf at all, I highly recommend that you just to check out my golf stuff. I'm kind of shitty at football. Golf, a lot of fun. Not going to lie to you. I'm Pat Mayo. Thank you all for watching. Smash the like on the way out. I'll see you next time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.